Welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries. Featuring Dave AC, The Sixth Doctor, and Randall Thor. Good evening, everybody. And Merry Christmas. And welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries. Now we're just about to get underway. Uh, as you can see the... Hang on a second. I, there's somebody at the window. Hang on a second. Dave, what are you doing at the window? Well, what are you going to do this for, Ian? I don't understand it at all. Why, why have you moved the recording studio up all these floors? I'm, I'm dangling here. Dangling? Dave, I, 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 I didn't move the studio. We're still on the ground floor. Um, again, oh. what, are you, what, what are you doing at the window? And you shouldn't have started drinking before we recorded. I, oh. I, 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 I... And anyway, why is the window locked? Well, I don't know why it was locked. Oh, you know what? Mike's taken up an extra job. Uh, you know, he's part-time ghost podcaster, um, part-time babysitter. Um, and the uh, crickets were making an awful racket. So it closed the door. He must have locked it. Um, uh, Mike, how are you doing back there? Hold on, I'm just putting the baby to sleep. I think I need to take care of Dave next. Yeah, just uh, just just swaddle him and give him a bottle. I thought you I thought you meant put me to sleep then for a minute. It was even worse. No, that's what you're going to do to the audience in a couple of minutes. <laughs> just make sure I've got oh. the right bottle of Rioja here for Dave. Just put a nipple on it. He'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to name that. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's just say it's a countdown one. It's Dave's turning the barrel of nobody <laughs> cares. Um, all right, yes, welcome to the, another Cultum Collective commentary. And you can tell we're full of the Christmas spirit. Well, we're full of spirits anyway. Well, yeah. I'm full of whiskey and Dave's full of Rioja. I just hope they didn't understand that Captain Pugwash joke you just made. <clears throat> anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> yes, we've assembled the, the, the gang to talk all over another episode of Doctor Who. And of course, because it's the season, um, the Christmas season, we decided we'd get caught up on our Doctor Who Christmas specials. Now, last time we were all gathered together, we were talking all over the top of the Husbands of River Song. So next in line is the return of Doctor Mysterio. Da, 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 da. Up, up, and away, and all that kind of, yeah, stuff. All right, so, uh, yeah, as, as long as everybody's got their red glowing pill ready to go and a glass of water, we can begin. Water? Water. It's what I ought to. It's what I ought to drink, yeah. It's <laughs> right, what I shit. always drink. <laughs> yes, yes. And a nice, nice slice of pie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just as head. long as you can tell me where this episode takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it all depends on how much you enjoy it. It might be DC. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Uh, yes. So I, I think we should begin. We should uh, count down to liftoff uh, or flying or whatever it is. 
And so, gentlemen, uh, do you have your official BBC copy of Doctor Who Christmas special from last year, the return of Doctor Mysterio at the ready? Indeed you do. Queued up and ready to go. Glad I didn't have to repeat that. <clears throat> all right, well, I'm ready. And so if everybody is ready at home, I can count us all in and we can begin. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, one, play. Zooming Woo! in that night. That night. Whoosh. In Gotham City. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm assuming it's supposed to be New York. Uh, well, it could be Star City, Central City, you name it. They keep bringing them up. It is actually New York. That's right, because they actually do make reference to that. They oh, the Doctors. Yes, of course. And that relates back to uh, another story of Doctor Who, doesn't it? The Angels Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. This is actually quite cleverly done. You know, we get this whole kind of visual, and you're like, Who's this guy? Snowing again? Yeah. What? Yes, the, uh, the description for this is This Christmas sees the Doctor join forces with a masked superhero for an epic New York adventure. Brain swapping aliens, spoilers, uh, poised to attack the Doctor and Nardole. Link up with an investigative reporter, a mysterious figure known only is the ghost. Can the Doctor save Manhattan? <clears throat> and what will be revealed when we see behind the palace? Uh, of course, this this man's streaming at the moment, and this is is streaming back to 1992 when he first meets meets this uh, somebody outside his window. Ian, yes. sounds familiar. Yes, it does. Oh, young, that's brilliant. <laughs> the young gentleman on the screen is Logan Hoffman. And this is the only credit I have for Logan. I know very little about Logan. Except he's a good actor. Yes, he does very well, actually, in this bit. Uh, it's uh, very well done. And also, <laughs> this is an odd moment in Doctor Who where this is... Two Christmas episodes in a row in terms of televised episodes. Didn't have a whole Ooh. series between Husbands right. of River Song and this. No series between, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Love those. Oh, no pie for you, Mike, but cookies. Oh. No. <laughs> Yeah, he, he said he saw an old guy at the window, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I should have opened that damn thing. <laughs> now I know where you locked it, Mike. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I wish he'd close his mouth when he eats. Uh, well, we've been a bit concerned about Rick, but I'm sure it was Rick who mentioned that this was an actual official comic. Yeah, it does look great. At. <laughs> I 
Spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs> True specs on Superman. <laughs> yeah, Lois doesn't. <laughs> I love the look he gives him. Like, <laughs> are you serious, Mike? <laughs> I'm I, I'm making a big guess here that Logan is actually American. Just because that's a damn good accent for a kid. <laughs> yeah, um of course you mentioned it's Christmas one, twenty fifth of December twenty sixteen. Uh in the UK seven point eight three million and an AI rating of eighty two. Which <laughs> I can I can understand because I don't know. Skills. <laughs> He's got some really good lines in this. Yeah. And that was clever. Yeah. Line wise and everything. It was just very kind of like, here, take this. Yeah, efficient. Yeah. Yeah. See, the original, which we will get reference to that in this upcoming Christmas special. And it's also kind of going back to, I guess, Good Man Goes to War, where right. the idea was thrown up that maybe he's the source of the word doctor. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. interesting, which, funny, funny enough, is an idea that Moffat's had since the 90s, at least. Right. Mm-hmm. And what? <laughs> yeah, and uh, my fault is the reference to that... Uh, Angels of Manhattan, was it? Yeah. Yeah. All the uh, paradoxes keeping them from going back to rescuing Amy and Rory. Right. So what was the idea behind this to go back and see Amy and Rory? Well, certainly to unlock that. Uh... Yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, the review at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll make reference to it, but. Again, it, I thought it was going to be a silly, and it was a silly Christmas one, but this is really my one of my favourite Christmas ones now. It is silly, but it's fun. Yeah. And it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's 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 full of, uh, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink at the audience, and <laughs> the, the interplay between Capaldi and, and uh, young Grant here is, is really good. Capaldi kind of excels here as as the you know the good doctor you know it's it's very much a, a Tom Bakerism if you ask me you know, that ability for the doctor to really kind of talk to anyone and you know right. and and uh, be on the same level with them and he he does that with the boy you know. And of course, isn't uh, this a little bit of a reference to um, uh, the one where Sarah Jane Smith has a, a dwarf star as well? Isn't that one of these uh, super? Yeah, she has a dwarf, dwarf, dwarf star crystal in in um... the uh, journey one. Yeah. Oh, warp star! I think was what they called oh, it. Oh, warp star! The only reason uh, I know that is because it's a, at least to me, a connection to Kirby, the Kirby video games. <laughs> Uh, that was in Journey's End, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, still under Journey's End, where the, that, that 
end of series four. Three, four, four. I like this sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Staker, what happens if I don't wake up? (laughs) Don't have me about (laughs) It's very cute. And this is where you won't believe it. We're already over eight minutes in and we still haven't had the opening credits. Now we're assuming this is equivalent to present day, so we're assuming this is 2015. Which I think makes this the first Moffat Christmas episode to take place, mainly in quote unquote modern day. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think you might be right, because even the last Christmas was jumping about all over the place. Right. We all like these towers, don't we? We've had towers on the top of the Empire State Building. We've had the one on the Magpie Building. Um, And here we go. Nine minutes in. Nine minutes, five or six seconds, yeah. Enjoy these uh, opening titles. We might not see them for much longer. Yeah. I'm just hoping we get some stability in the opening credits uh, with the new production team rather than changing them every season. Right. Well, this will be the biggest one of ever, really, with uh, with the change in the, uh, the music uh, as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we get, you know, somebody else's take. So that makes, yeah, Moffat era had three different major title sequences. Right. Uh, one... Well done. Versus the no. lightning bolts, and then we had the, like the fire and Novas or whatever, and then this one. I think we did. We missed the Harmishol, uh thing on the building then. Yeah, very quick. we also yeah. we, we also missed a, a, a another comic book reference, um, where he mentions the names uh, the name Siegel and Schuster. Yeah, the two of the oh. reporters, the creators yeah. of, or at least the, the creators of Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why uh, this next bit was the what I thought was the most annoying thing when I first saw it. This <laughs> But of course this immediately links it back to the husbands of River Song, doesn't it? But then you're thinking, is this Nardole if I get the name right? Before he loses his head or not. Right. I just like how it's a, like a, you know, over in America, you know. Right. Have you got one of those duffel coats yet, Ian? No. <laughs> you were very keen on them for a while. Yeah. 
this reminds me of a yeah, Bond there we villain. Go. There's the there's the visual reference yeah. again. Yeah. Globe. Yeah. But that reminded me of um, Casino Royale and the, the the bloke who who bleeds from his eye. You know the villain there. This is very well done because you actually think that the guy sitting is the victim, not the villain. Right. You think he's the nasty guy with a look in his eye. You think it's going to end not well for the guy who was sitting. Yeah. And this is very much reminding me of um, a couple of stories where we've had in Doctor Who where the to-be companion is a reporter. Right. Yeah. We had one uh, back in uh, the uh, Smith, Russell... Smith and Smith and Jones. Was it Smith and Jones? Yeah. The... Well, I mean, there was, but I mean, there was a uh, an actual reporter in uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Smith and Jones. It was Smith and Jones. Yeah, we thought she was going to be the thing. She gets killed in the toilet the with uh, Donna. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. Partners in Crime. Partners in Crime. Smith and Jones right. was with Martha. Oh. All oh, right. Yeah. And of course, going all the way back to Sarah Jane uh, uh, getting into to one with the Time Warrior one. But I mean, so at this point, you're thinking, well, she could be a, a companion if, if if she makes it through the story. Right. Oh. Again, the power play here. You think that he's the weaker one here. Right. That's where all post- podcasters go in, <laughs> in the jars. <laughs> they go up to the Wayback Machine, Internet Archive. Oh, please eat better than that. <laughs> really, really gets my goal. Have some manners. Look at him. Just eating. No, he's not. He's eating with his mouth open. Terrible. Mind you, I don't, I don't like people who chew gum, so they are. That shows how narrow-minded I am. Yeah, look a little closer. <laughs> I think Mr. Brock here, um, who's just about to uh, you know, yeah. um, have a change of mind, <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> Change the scenery, yeah. Uh, Tomiwa Eden. What you doing? Uh, who's also been in uh, What Happened on Monday, which I keep meaning to watch. It's on uh, Netflix. Uh, he's been in Elementary, uh, Legends, Bates Motel, The Hour. Oh, he was also in Merlin. Ah, so since it's he's there. in elementary, he was in the better Sherlock modernization. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. Is Merlin, was he? Crikey. Yeah. Um, he played Sir Elian. Uh-huh. Yeah, 21 episodes. Right. I think, I think he was, was the, one he of the was, knights. One of yeah, the knights. one of the young knights, yeah. Well, heck, that was, you know, when you think about that, when he first appeared, that was, uh, you know, seven years ago now. So much younger looking. (laughs) 
Well, it's amazing that, Ian. He was standing next to the bare-chested young Arthur, and you didn't notice him. Oh, I know. <laughs> did that happen? Uh, I always keep a surgeon in the cupboard. <laughs> So with these these brains with eyes, the temptation for long term fans and considering Moffat's long term fan is did he base those off the creatures from Keys of Marinus, or not, uh-huh. <laughs> or was that just a coincidence? Well, well, it does have a lot of similarities with the Nestine, of course, where yeah. you have these people coming. I mean, in the Nestine, of course, the 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 intelligence took over plastic forms, the dummies and that, but the actual story plot of this where they're actually going to take over key figures is is very much like the the nesting way of uh, conquering right no why is she telling him the truth Beg to differ. <laughs> but what, it's always happening on a pointless quiz show you know, where they have to say capital cities, and they're always getting the wrong ones right. in Australia and uh, Brazil and that. <laughs> now, what's this? I mean, that's a real Bond, Bond villain's voice. Yeah. And that's really supposed. And uh, on on the screen is uh, Dr. Sim, is uh, Alexander uh, Jovanovic, who was actually uh, born in uh, Rothweil, Germany, a year before me. Wow. I look better. I look better for the age, you know. Uh, well, you, you will by the end of the show, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to show off my German pronunciation and, and pronounce some of the things he's got coming up. The Titan, Gypsy Queen, Steignicht aus, the Astrolats, das Grammophon, Repariat. Don't ask me to do that again. Well, at least I didn't break your window. Yeah, there you go. He's also uh, been in Lost City of Z. Now, you see, that doesn't make sense, equivalent to four nuclear explosions. You should have said so many megatons, because, you know, four 10-megaton ones are four 20-megaton ones. And why should he shoot him with a gun if he's withstood that? <laughs> Dave, it's what? a TV show. Science fiction. It's got to play by the rules. Harry's not here. We don't care. If you wonder how they eat and breathe and other science facts, read <laughs> to yourself, it's just a TV show. You should really just relax. Took me ages to figure out why Why has he got a G on the front of his outfit? Oh, of course, ghost. I <laughs> wonder what that symbol stands for on his home planet, though. <laughs> oh, clever. Goon. <laughs> 
that's triggering memories. And playing Lucy is Charity Wakefield. Uh, and Charity Wakefield is North American. She's born in Tunbridge Wells in Kent. <laughs> I think she does a good job as we're coming oh, yeah. just up to 20 minutes into the episode. Yeah. Seems a nice boy. Nice. Oh, did not say boy, does he? Nice boy. But she's also been in uh, Close to the Enemy. Midsummer's uh, Dream, Bounty Hunt, Wolf Hall. Wow, that's a big oh, show as well. She was in uh, Mockingbird Lane as Marilyn Never. Munster. Never. Yep. We did a commentary on that. We did a commentary on that. That was our Halloween special. Wow. Oh, here we go. We're all good now. Well, it's 1907, but. I'm still amazed she was in Mockingbird Lane. I don't know why that didn't get a series, really. Um, and the thing is, her first appearance on TV uh, was in a show called Hex. She played a character named Lucy. And of course, uh, Mockingbird Lane had, uh, as he is hard in it, where we talked about him in the Triffids, and yeah. it had Jerry O'Connell, who was uh, one of the uh, sliders. Yeah, the it was the brother, was he, or the main one? I can't remember. Well, he was the main one at the beginning, and then yeah. Right, and his brother joined. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Terry O'Connell's oh, brother oh. never joined Sliders. I don't know what you're talking about. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. That's yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, he's trying to show off his comic book knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the recent series, didn't we, we talked about the fact that there was references to superheroes all the way through. Right. And that, of course, follows this... Uh. Are you my mummy? (laughs) 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 I'm guessing that was an ad lib line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, elephants. I like that too. (laughs) Look at them back there. Elephant, Elephant in the room, yeah. That candelabra's a bit over the top, isn't it, for a little flat? The size of that one, Doctor. It is a big one, isn't it? (laughs) I've been doing that line for years, even before this show. And if anyone can tell me exactly which Doctor Who episode that's from, bonus point. Uh, uh, The Smugglers? No, you get one guess. What was your guess? Two Doctors. No, it was from um, the uh, Seeds of Death. I think it's actually that... redone though in the Two Doctors. Yeah, probably. Yeah, when they see the it's sort of the a book. comic reference it's back. Like yeah. Twenty castles in the sky, Doctor. Yeah. Yes, it is a big one, isn't it? The <laughs> <laughs> callback. This is funny, isn't it? Mike Mike Cretchen is on Doctor Who. He didn't yeah. watch about two and a half series. Yeah. What's I don't know what this Doctor Who show is. That was clever. You followed me by getting here first. 
Yeah. A measure of our concern. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. Should have said uh, make a pretty good dosh as a reporter if she's got flat like that. Yeah. I suppose I should talk about him, shouldn't I? Yeah, because he's doing a good job. Yeah. Well, before I talk about him, I'll talk about him. The <laughs> other Grant in the room. Uh, three of them. Yes. Playing teen Grant is Daniel Lorente. <laughs> this, this whole scene is... <laughs> Classy. You know, I, talk about, uh, I will talk about him in a minute, but it is yeah. just funny because he's like, you, you know... Yeah, you go feeling that all the young kids watching this are having a secret snigger. Secret snigger. Yeah. <laughs> there goes Lucy again. Uh, zooming back. <laughs> Down, boy. But it's subtly really... done. Nicely done, actually. Yeah. I don't really have any uh, any information on Daniel uh, Lorente, uh, unfortunately. The young lad who's playing the teen Grant. Obviously, well, probably relatively new to you know, the TV, uh, but right. theater-wise, unfortunately, Internet Movie Database generally doesn't dip into that. So Dave mentioned yeah. the obvious Spider-Man reference, uh, mm-hmm. the great responsibility line, but yes. we see that there's a pizza place nearby called Joe's Pizza, and that's where, in the comic books, uh, Peter Parker worked at a Joe's Pizza. Huh? Yeah. Oh! So... Well Not done. an obvious one, but a reference yeah. to Spider-Man nonetheless. And uh, that's uh, Justin Chatwin there playing uh, the ghost slash Grant. <laughs> um, at the moment, he's got uh, coming out in post-production as uh, Legacy. Uh, Summer Night and In the Cloud. He's also been in, uh, he was in Chips. Um, assuming it was the, um, comedy spoof movie thing that I dare not watch. Uh, <laughs> he's also been in American Gothic, uh, Orphan Black, Shameless, Weeds, uh, he was on War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise version. And uh, Smallville. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was actually in the the pilot and an unaired pilot, um, playing Jeremy Creek. But he's uh, 
His accent's all right because he's actually from British Columbia, so Canadians as close as you can get to an American without getting an American. And it looks like he's got a couple of things in post-production as well still. Summer yeah. Night, 2008 film. You want to tell him, Mike? What? Already read those. <laughs> Dude, ah. Deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. All over again. All over again. I'm getting a sense of deja vu. Deja vu. Oh, he was it's... also in Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, oh god, let's as, not mention that. That was as terrible. Goku. That movie was so terrible it killed my friend's PlayStation Two that we were trying to watch it on. <laughs> well, you know why? The reason that is, you didn't start and do, do it in time order. I was following you down the list, not from the bottom up. I started at the top. You can't have done on on wiki that in the cloud and summer night the last two references. Oh, I st- I'm on the new movie database. Ah, because it's it's the most accurate database in the world. Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the puppet gets it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was a complex sentence. Yes. She's <laughs> almost companion material. Yeah, that's where you, you can feel his assessing her, which yeah. is so good about Capaldi. You can see that reasoning behind his eyes. Right. Now, was it you, Ian, that used to say you didn't you well you liked about a lot of the BBC that they would use the BBC real news readers on news. Right. But when it came to America they were always have fictitious ones. Right. In the uh, Russell T. Davies era they actually had uh one in particular and I can't remember her name offhand. But every time they did an American broadcast they used the same they used the same woman. Uh, same actually, yeah. Yeah. But not not since Moffat. I think I think she might have appeared in one Moffat episode, but uh, which I liked because it gave a certain kind of consistency to it, especially in you know when they were in uh, present day. It always right. gave this kind of you know cohesiveness to to the universe. Mm. I know the time checks. We're just past three minutes, uh, 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Quite a muted palette on this one. I, I know Darth, when we do the live shows, always comments on the, um, the colorist of these episodes. But it, it's actually, when you notice it, it's very warm though. Yeah. Very yeah. warm colors. I mean, you, you look there, there's a lot of yellow and, uh, you know, all the lighting is very warm and, oh, nice. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, distracted. Jumpers. 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 Split screen. But he's, he, you notice he, he, he went across the white bar a couple of times there. <laughs> 
Yeah. And there again. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the use of the white power because it's uh, doing it like it's framing it up like a, a comic book. Yeah. I think common books to do that as well, where they 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 go into the next one. Right. Yeah, like his elbow overlap, there. They'll, yeah, they'll cross over the frame. I think the CGI'd his elbow sticking out there. I <laughs> like the baby pops into it. It's like, what the hell? Just because the baby makes a noise. Uh-huh. So it's important to dry your phone after you. <laughs> While we're in this awkward moment, uh, I'll uh, take the time to uh, mention a couple of people who saw it at the beginning. Um, there was a photojournalist uh, and a journalist. Journalist was played by Lee Kemp, and the photojournalist was uh, Silver Lee Sol. And uh, I believe the reporter that we saw on the uh, fire story. Uh, with Sandra Tellis, who is uh, in production right now is Extinction and the Nun, and she's currently filming Deep State. All right. Uh, Postman Pat, Bag, Cryptid. Oh, she was an episode of Frasier. Oh, and and, and just shoot me. <laughs> So I'll go ahead and mention this uh, little Easter egg in the episode that I'm by the by this I've been looking for it the entire episode and I'm sure I missed it somewhere. But at some point when we got establishing establishing shots of the apartments, apparently there was a cinema near Lucy's apartment, and on the marquee it had a film, the name of a film they were showing, some film called The Mind of Evil, Ooh. which is a John Pertwee story, yes. the Third Doctor. I'm sure I've missed that. I've been looking for that the entire episode. Yeah. I didn't spot it. No. Maybe I haven't missed it. Oh. But if oh. you, dear listener, have seen it, then uh, I don't know. Let me know. So <laughs> I don't know. I think when there was a fire, and he goes up to the show on the newscast, him going up to a fire, I think there was a theater below that. Oh, <laughs> that was well done. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I like that line. It's like yeah. Another quest is an offer. Oh, he's drawn the line before. Yeah. Oh. Now we've seen this trick before, of course, and that was uh, the last episode we did, Husbands of River Song. Um, I can't remember what the show 
they mentioned. Can you remember what it was, Mike? I think it was just Harmony Shoal or something like that. It, it was called the the Shoal of Winter Harmony. Right. Was the full name they used. Right. But the interesting thing is, he does, there's no reference from the Doctor as to like, oh, you, yeah. you guys again, you know. As far as as far as the, the episodes are concerned, I don't think they're given a name, a collective right. name. Right. And I think in the last episode they were servants or something. They 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 worked for King Hydroflax. Right. Look at that! that the, the way they had that man's head open straight right. out of Terminator 2. Yeah. You remember when they the chop his head with the stick and he's and the and the Terminator 1000 heads opened exactly the same angle as that. There you go. There we go. Like so, this bit too. You snap your fingers to open the door. You whistle. Now, this was quite funny, I must admit. <laughs> I have a room firmly. firmly uh, so it's taken him about 100 years to get back here. Ah, so at least we get now a reference to how come he's got a head on a body. Which I think, really, I kind of missed this, because the gap between this and the new series starting lost that information. It was never really kind of reiterated, which is a shame, I think. Cause There's the theatre. There's the theatre in the background. Oh, okay, there you go. It's still a marquee, though. It's you, sure can close up read, anyway. you can hardly read it, yeah. yeah. It's just such a shame with Nardole, though, the way the way that character was, that story was ended. It yeah. was a complete letdown. Yeah, just kind of abandoned, like, oh. Well. It's like, oh, they need a babysitter. Oh. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he breaking the, is he breaking the fourth wall, then? No, uh, uh, the six buttons. <laughs> Have hamper, we'll travel. It's Picnic Man! <laughs> Ant-Man. You always have ants at picnics. No, that's, that's his arch nemesis. <laughs> Picnic Man and Ant-Man. Doing battle again in New York. This time, it's sandwiches. Well, no. now spoiled the second Ant-Man. Oh, well. Now, when I saw her come up here, it reminded me of the, the Master's Wife. <laughs> Sorry. The Master's Wife. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, Dave. <clears throat> I was going very serene and nice. Well, that makes a difference. I mean, a change. I mean, a... <laughs> And that, that, of course, was from um, the uh, Sound of Drums Last of the Time Lords, I think. Yeah. A very clear shot of Mount Fuji. Where it was um, Alexandra Moen playing Lucy Saxon in a red dress. 
I remember these things, the important things. I fly huh? downstairs with Pokemon. That looked like a, a Mac uh, keyboard there, Mike. Yeah, but I noticed that too. <laughs> with clearly and, not a Mac monitor. <laughs> and, the, and the unconcerned uh, operator was uh, Tenroa Ishida, uh, who's uh, apparently working on uh, uh, Geeks and Starfish, uh, but has also been in uh, All That Remains, 47 Ronin. Eating Scarlet. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Total War Battles or Total War, Mike. Not particularly. But, uh, video game, but uh, he also does voice work on those. Now, this scene is right back to the first Superman movie, isn't it, where Lois Lane stands behind a, a planting thing that's got a... a, a is it a lead, a lead lining or something? Right. Yeah, like they really needed that to confirm. <laughs> Surely the spandex and cape gave it away rather than the <laughs> close-up of his face with the mask on. Hello. Look. A live-action episode of Futurama. Yeah. Everyone in jars. Oh, lights on. Loaded question. Ooh. Now there you know you're in modern uh, dot shoe with that. Big G on your chest. Hey, man! <laughs> Was it the voice of the man? Mm. Yes, Lois Lane, how do you cope? Sorry? I mean, she is, I mean, it's one of the things where it's 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 really kind of a, not the goal of the send-up, Pastiche. Pastiche. Okay, you can use big words too, I know, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's done well. You know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it, and it has nice little things there, and, you know. And, and this is kind of lovely, where it's just like he's trying so hard to, like, you know, be the hero, and, and that really she actually just loves him yeah and he's wondering whether to reveal himself right i beg your pardon <laughs> oh there's not that kind of a show oh you mean take the mask off sorry yeah meanwhile down at street level meanwhile back at joe's pizza anyone call for a doctor I mean, it's fairly rattled through, and we're 43 minutes and a few seconds in. Was that the missing flamingo? Oh, it's, 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 it's an American ambulance. Are we going to have an ambulance chase scene? I, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> oh, we're missing a... A, a motorcycle. A, a motorcycle, yeah, police mm. motorcycle. Yeah. 
and somebody dreads for the occasion. That's alarming. Now, what, what, it wasn't in this. I'm not seeing any reference to it in this one. But what was the sit thing where we had this idea of whether Nada was half robot or what? Was that the one that came in in the next series? Yeah, yeah there's a bit yeah. where a bolt falls out or a nut or something. Yeah, it was right. at least with uh, the first episode. The pilot. The pilot, right. Yeah, that, that, I think that caused a lot of confusion at the time. Here we are. Here we go. Oh, he turns exactly the wrong way. Say my name. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oops. This one. Oh, that was clever. Oh, that's as sucks as a first date. me at the gym cycling at critical I'll go very fast it's just I'm in critical condition if I'm cycling well if you will go to the gym three times a year you know I know uh, I think you ought to go down to the gym and, and uh, lie, lie in the bed for 12 hours a day that'll probably sort you out yeah. Oh? Who's Jim? So why am I lying on this bed? They never explain why Nardle wears glasses, do they? Because, I mean, he's from the 53rd century, isn't he? Well, that's where we meet him originally in the Husbands of River, River Song, isn't it? I mean, he shouldn't really need glasses. He's got bad eyes. Well... Yeah, but it's a. You all remember the Star Trek, you know, when uh, Captain Kirk gets given a, an antique pair of glasses. You don't really need them, but. He does. Uh, de deadlock. So whilst he's already, needed, that, already needed glasses. Right. Well, I'm watching now. Yep. Oh. 
Ah. I mean, this is a real colour cast on this. It's looking very green to me. Yeah, the the ship definitely has got the very green kind of. Wild domination, nothing can stop me now. And looking at the definition of shoal, one definition uh, is a hidden danger or difficulty. Oh. He's about to become a patient. Abandoning you? No. He's going to go change a diaper. Oh. I tell you what, you couldn't do a quick draw kind of like that, could you? No. <laughs> Just to gross out the kids. Yeah. It's a good effect, though. Was uh, was your youngest old enough to watch this one? I can't remember now. Uh, I'm not really into Doctor Who at the moment. They're not? Although I was watching The Crown the other day, and Matt Smith was on the screen, and Callum looks up from his game of Minecraft and says, Are you watching Doctor Who? I said, (laughs) No, why? He goes, Who's that? And points at Matt Smith. I'm like, Well done. (laughs) You can stay. He recognised Matt as being one of the doctors, of course. You know. Yeah, you're a keeper, son. You're a keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You passed. Only just, <laughs> but you passed. Which, which is funny, of course, with Victoria, the other alternate series being on, being played by Jenna Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> Acting royalty. Of course, uh, next up at the crown is uh, Olivia Coleman. Uh, Doctor Who and starred opposite uh, David Tennant in Broadchurch. Three uh, different doctors that she starred as alongside then. Yeah. Bradley, Whitaker, Tennant. Yep. And Smith. Okay, yeah. She was in um, Smith's first story. That's 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 most of the well, I say modern series. Yeah, I she, guess she, I she, she kind of have with... to consider Bradley. Yeah. Well, from the five-ish doctors, she said, "Why aren't we in this?" Uh, when she's talking to, is it oh, Sean, Sean Pertwee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, why am I doing this? I mean, everything. Yeah. So yeah. she, so strictly speaking, I mean, she wasn't on screen with them at the time, but so she's been in something with 
uh, Sylvester, uh, Colin, uh, Peter Davison, and uh, um, what's his name? Paul. Paul, Paul McGann. Paul McGann. <laughs> And she was in, uh, no, there was no, I was thinking she was in The Night Manager, but I can't remember if any Dot Who people were in that. No. I love Olivia Coleman. And as you say, she's in the the next series of uh, Crown. Well, she's worked with Hugh, Hugh Laurie, House yeah. the Doctor. Yeah, House is a Doctor, yeah. Technically. I guess. Then so was Mr. Bean. Now, of course, the normal episode would have been well over by now at 52 minutes. Right. 53 minutes, sorry. Realisation? Oh, my God, it's him. Of course, this is uh, bad physics because he might have been able to hold the ship up, but the, uh, the building below them would have been crushed to the ground. And he would have ended up standing on the ground, holding it up. But the, right, building, the building wouldn't have taken the uh, strain. All right, Perry. <laughs> All those physics <laughs> getting in the way. Yeah. Pesky stuff. <laughs> That's the funniest look on his face. There's a lovely bit coming up in a minute when um, when he talks about a costume change. Right. It's one of the best lines in here, I think. Yeah, yeah. You're going to put on your hero costume, let me help. Yeah. Here it comes. Well, interrupting. Yeah, you're right. That's a lovely moment. Yeah. Get room! (laughs) Now, the episode should really have ended here. Right. Yeah. Well... Yes and no. <laughs> There's a lovely scene where Nardole does some explanation, isn't there? Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's one of those things is like where the Christmas special should really kind of stand alone and there's we're, right. we're pulling up something from last Christmas. You know, like it's just happened and it hasn't just happened. We're not talking about last you know, last week's episode. You know, we're talking about last last Christmas and it's No twenty four years. The night lasts twenty four years on that planet. Sure up, you. <laughs> cool. And this, this scene is stupid. That that reminded me of the, the one with the shard. Is it the Bells of St. John? You know, where those people are being possessed and they, they suddenly sort of, they go up into the building and they're all just mindless. Was that one of the comic book stories that they, they did? Like IEW? I've never seen, heard of that as a, TV episode. No, well, they're in the shard, and they, they, they've had the... Well, he's not, all right. <laughs> Mocking me. Don't mock David. And the uh, soldier that we just saw there was played by Vaughn Joseph. He's been in uh, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, so the voice of the president. Uh, the daughter. The mark. Redemption. And A Christmas Prince is on Netflix. And there's about 58 people who have watched it every day. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, but um, was that, you think, uh, something to sort of this this person will return? But the thing is, it's, uh, there's no payoff in the next season. No, no, you're right. There's no payoff at all. It's supposed to be a unit soldier that's taken over by one of them. And there is no payoff next season. It's something that was completely, obviously, completely scrapped. Yeah. I mean, that reminded me of uh, in Primeval, where they did that, where they had these clones in Primeval. Right. And suddenly one of the the sergeants changed, and it turned out to be a, a clone. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Ruining like an otherwise decent episode by referencing yeah. River. Now, I actually quite like this bit. I like this. I thought that scene was the main reason why he'd been brought back. I didn't think we were going to see much of him after that. Right. Doctor Who? <laughs> You're joking. Here we go. Did somebody say which country is known as Doctor Mysterio? Um, I think oh. Darth did, and that was... Da. On the live show, yeah, a long yeah. time ago. And our preview, or at least this copy that we're watching has the preview. Uh, of course, this Christmas episodes tend to have the preview of the next series, and here we go. Right. Mm. Now, I wonder if we're going to get anything. Have they started either filming any of Jodie Whittaker's stuff? Uh, they started filming back in November. I doubt they have enough or anything 
to make a trailer right. out of. I'd be really surprised. Right. Well, there's clips from about four or five episodes here. Yeah. I doubt they have that much material with uh, the new series. Right. It's the Frost Fair! The Frost Fair! I like then, that one. They're gonna. I think they're doing. They're. They've changed how they're filming episodes, and not a lot of people know compared to previous series. Right. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Mike, because Ian and myself were talking about the new Doctor's uh, outfit, and one of the comments that we made was the fact that um, they'd kept, you know, the Doctor's uniform in a a particular Doctor's uniform the same because of the way that they filmed. Um, things out of sequence and um, it's yet to be seen how they're going to work around that with the new Doctor yeah yes, but there's a lot of mystery there with how Chindle's going to run the show etc etc yes Mysterio <laughs> I like right. what you did there oh I know I know uh, alright well it's time for a wrap up and I think I'm going to go first I really kind of enjoyed this up until the end, uh, which, is, like I just said, it's not that I don't like River Song. It's just there's just too much, you know, continuity hanging on from the previous Christmas special. If, you know, like I said, if if the Husbands of River Song had just happened, I totally get it. But there's just too much hanging on for it, and it was a nice ending. You know, he gets the girl. They they're getting rid of the ship. Doctor turns around and dispatches the guy. They could have said their goodbyes over the, at the kitchen table and just be done, but no, they had to kind of throw in that that reference. And it's like they didn't really know. It wasn't apparent to you know uh, to Lucy and, and Grant throughout the episode. Um, so I, I just don't know why it's there. So that kind of. It ruins it a little bit for me, but overall, I think it's a great episode. It's a, it's light and it's fun, and I mean, there's a little bit of a sense of danger, but nobody really gets hurt in the end, um, apart from a couple of guys lose their minds. <clears throat> uh, it's well acted. Uh, the one playing Lucy has a, a decent accent. Uh, the young boy at the beginning really kind of sucks you into it. The interplay between him and Peter Capaldi, I think, is brilliant. Um, it really brings out the, one of the best thing, best qualities in, in, in Peter's Doctor and is that ability to kind of um, Tom Baker, you know, to, to kind of just sit down and, and have a regular conversation with somebody or a, an irregular conversation with somebody that makes it seem quite normal. Um, it's kind of... Um, if you look at uh, City of Death, the dialogue that's in that is, is almost seems organic, and that's the kind of interplay between him and the boy. And I think part of it is down to Peter Capaldi, and part of it is down to the, the young lad playing Grant. Um, I really like the way the whole thing happens. It's not forced. It's very um, gently executed. Uh he, he, he grabs a, uh, a glass of water out of his coat, which I liked the, the whole line. How do you do that? Skills. Um, and he's meaning, here, take this so we can put it in the machine. But of course, he's just said he's a doctor. He's given him a glass of water and what looks like, you know, a 
you know, a fancy looking pill. And so what does he do? He takes it and they don't dwell too long on it. They just, he, he throws the gem in his hand and that's it. Um, and that really sets the whole story up great, you know, um, and the doctor popping in every now and then to, to check on him. Um, it's really cool too, you know, I, I think it's really good and it's a nice little homage or pastiche, for, uh, you know, a, a look at kind of the superhero genre, which hasn't really been touched on in Doctor Who to any great extent. I mean, um, so, yeah, it, it's one of those things that's like, oh, we're doing this now, you know, uh, we're, we're doing we're doing superhero, which is is not a bad thing. You know, how can you create how do you create a superhero, you know, in in the Doctor Who universe, and and that's how you do it. Um, it's a bit of wand waving, but you know, it's a Christmas episode, and like I always say, um, they're there for a bit of fun, a bit of family viewing uh, after Christmas dinner, where you're all just sitting there on the couch and just want to kind of turn the TV on and watch something fun, and and that's what this is. It's 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 a decent episode. I really really like it. And now I'm going to pass it over to uh, Mr. Randall Thor. Right, to uh, ex- go on, extrapolate something we were mentioning earlier, earlier a moment ago, the uh, the name Doctor Mysterio. It's uh, of course uh, comes from the, the the version of the show shown in Mexico, where it's known in Spanish as it's known over there as Doctor Mysterio, which uh, is a translation of Doctor Kien. But uh, uh, it's a that that came up as Darth Skeptical mentioned on our on previous shows that they came up with during the uh, the world tour of Doctor Who when uh, Peter Capaldi, Stephen Moffat, Jenna Coleman uh, visited different different uh, just different locations around the world to to publicize and market the show, and uh, both Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi they they, they liked the, that 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 version of the name, and uh, apparently it was Capaldi in particular who who liked the name and, and even more so on the. On the, on the Spanish dub there in Mexico, there's the there's an announcer who 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 there's a voiceover who announces the name Doctor Who and uh, Capaldi himself like that so much that when uh, the Doctor utters the na- says the name Doctor Mysterio the way he enunciates that is patterned after the the announcer on the the Spanish dub which is kind of a neat reference if 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 you're if you're in Mexico and, and watching the show it's 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 a neat little reference. Uh, okay, this episode. Uh, however, going into into this episode, it's. Um, I remember leading up to this, I read that it was uh, you know a send up of comic book movies or just comic book tropes and pastiches in general. And I remember thinking, that's not really Doctor Who. But then you get into the whole argument. Well, what is Doctor Who in the first place? What is it as a show? And it just feels out of place, but then what doesn't feel out of place in Doctor Who? There's so much you can do with the format, and here, it it, it works for an entertaining sort of standalone episode. And there are elements of continuity, but of Stephen Moffat's Christmas episodes of late, it's the least continuity dependent. Until you get to that last scene with uh, that all of a sudden brings in uh references river song just completely unnecessary scene could have this episode could have done without that that that, i remember when i was watching this and this is back when i decided to okay let's uh watch uh, peter capaldi again let's uh now that clara is completely out of the picture it's uh safe to start watching again so and then 
at the end, oh god, you're referencing one of the worst characters in the history of the show. Why? Why remind me of that? I thought we were free of that. Which, uh, given what would happen in, seri- in the following series, in the mock trilogy with Nardole, uh, it's sort of foreshadowing all of that. But, um, you don't, it, 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 there, there is some continuity with, with the previous episode, uh, Husband's River Song, at least as far as Nardol is concerned, but uh, maybe even the Shoal. But even, they're, they're enough of a standalone villain in this that it's not, you, you can enjoy this episode without having seen Husband's River Song, which, upon original viewing of this uh, last year, uh, I hadn't. I had no, not seen the episode. I had no interest or desire to see the episode. But even even then, so, so I I enjoyed the episode for what it was. It was nicely paced. There was it was a nice send up of a comic book style of just Doctor Who taking on comic book movies, which uh, at at the time and even now with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and even DC trying to trying to do their whole expanded universe, which I think Warner Brothers is deciding against. I think I've heard something about that, that they've, they're they deciding to abandon the whole idea. But uh, it's it's the fad. It's the trend. It's, it's, the, it's the big thing right now. And it was, you know, Doctor Who as a show that, that can be adapted to so many different genres, so many different formats. It worked okay here. It was a fun it was a fun episode. Don't take it too seriously. And going on from last week when I was talking about how Doctor Who Christmas episodes are, in theory, designed as episode as as you were just mentioning, Ian, as you know, episodes for the whole family to get together to watch, and uh, in particular, people who don't watch Doctor Who. It's like it's all the whole thing that I mentioned last week with continuity, and it, you want it to be these Christmas episodes to be designed for people who don't watch the normal series, and this episode worked for that until you get to the final scene which references river and this episode could have done without that and as i said entirely just drop that but uh, i guess for people who carry on the with the continuity and who like the character river song that worked as sort of a final note on the character but uh, just ignoring that fun episode i enjoyed it which uh given as the style of christmas episodes are it worked enjoyed it that's what i have to say Yay! He enjoyed it, folks. Make a note. <laughs> All right, Moffat episode. Mike enjoyed it, even though it was mentioned in River Song. The impossible anyway. can happen. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Festivus <laughs> miracle. Uh, anyway, I think we put Dave to sleep. Uh, so let's uh, <laughs> smack him on the bottom. Uh, give him some baby powder and uh, wake him up. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure anything I say now might be an anti-climax after Mike coming out with that ambition, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. um, what was it? Uh, I am a Doctor Who alcoholic. I have been uh, in remission for th- 100 days. Uh, yeah, um, lo- lots of little things just to mention uh, that because um, I can't get a word in Edgeway with Edgeways when we're doing this. Um, we, we had um, Osgood mentioned. Um, back towards the end when we saw that soldier going off, he said to go and report to Osgood. So right. that was mentioned. Uh, we also, and I can't believe that Ian didn't mention it when we had um, Dr. Mysterio come and land. He changed his outfit by doing a sort of reverse Wonder Woman twirl 
Uh, um, and I also couldn't believe it when Ian said uh, we could have ended this with the uh, with them on the kitchen table. I thought, God, that's the postman always rings twice. And we're talking about there. Um, <laughs> I take you anywhere. Uh, yeah, but um, no, I like that speech at the end with Nordell. In fact, that was the thing when I first watched it that for me only justified him being in it. Um, because remember that, that, well, you mentioned it yourself, Mike, but um, there was a year between these two Christmas specials. And I think, although it reminded you of a character you weren't particularly fond of, it, it anchored the storyline a little bit. Uh, in terms of what have happened and it also set up uh, the way for the following series where the you know the doctors saying you know am I a good man and this that and the other and so on uh, and I think therefore they were using it as a, a launch pad um, for how this doctor would be in the pilot smile thin eyes knock knock and so on um I would say um, that it was it was the least objectionable one when I first watched it, and after now watching it uh, quite a few times, it's actually one of my favourite Christmas ones, um, simply because um, I think that scene on the rooftop sets it up. You know, it's not. It's not fairy tale, the master flying with, you know, um, regeneration force coming out like Iron Man. Um, there is, um, you know, um, a way of setting it up. I think that the strength of that young actor at the beginning also leaves, uh, uh, gives a lot of uh, value to the story. Lots of little mentions, as we've said, about, you know, Superman and comic and uh, and the the balcony scene the mimicking the lowest lane and superman and uh, the actors here again are all uh, extremely well done um a little bit of a gross out factor but it does harken back again to the the nesting idea of uh, you know get the intelligence to the world uh, these sort of creatures were the brain which was was rather funny really because if if the whole creature in effect was the brain with the eyes in it you know i suppose the only place they could carry a gun was in the brain because that was the only part of the original body uh, and then they took over the body that they encompassed um so yeah a very very uh, good it's a good Christmas special in terms of rewatch value. That's where I'm going to give it strength. It's a very good one for rewatch value where some of the other ones, um, you know, the, the widow, the wardrobe and the whatever it was. I can't even remember the title. It was so, so poor. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever rewatch again, but this one, uh, one of the strongest ones of the Christmas special. And of course, uh, we then had to wait till about April uh, for the pilot. Um, but of course, as we now know, we've got a Christmas special coming up, which hopefully we might be able to do a commentary of in the new year. And then we've got to wait all the way to the fall or autumn of 2018. 
So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and um, I thought, you know, they haven't used one of Ian's jokes. It was really good humour. <laughs> right. I had to put him down now, Mike. I don't mean to sleep. <laughs> well, actually, I do mean to sleep. Yes. <clears throat> well, it looks like uh, it's enjoyment all round at, at the Colton table. And uh, as we polish off the last of the turkey and ham and uh, move on to the plum duff, it's time to wrap up and say Merry Christmas. So it's a Merry Christmas for Mr. Randolph. It's a Merry Christmas from Dave AC. And it's a Merry Christmas from Ian the Sixth Doctor. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a Happy New Year. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Do you need changing again, Dave? Oh, that pongs. Hey, that's not going in the end of it. It's coming out. It just came out at the end of it. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that.